0: hey everybody justin here uh welcome to the first of two mid-season bonus episodes with yours truly and the one and only kendall Ramsur, my composer the genius behind the musical magic you're hearing in season four and my dear friend uh kendall say hello to the best audience in the world of podcasting would you
1: hello hello so happy to be here thank you
0: (laughs) okay so if you are listening uh kind listener to this particular bonus episode in the spring of 2023 uh you will know that we are currently in the middle of a break between parts one and two of season four kendall and i in the midst of this break are catching our breath catching up on writing and recording and scoring It's been a welcome, productive hiatus for sure. However, it's not lost on us that you, dear listener, are being deprived at the moment of new Holy Ghost Stories content. And the last thing in the world we want is for the natives to get restless, right? Uh, So uh, Kendall and I thought it would be fun to rectify uh, that dearth of content and invite you to sit in on a couple of conversations about our cooperative work this season. Uh, in telling the story of the exodus Uh, so we're going to pull back the curtain and talk a bit uh, right now about what we've done how we've approached doing it and why we've made some of those decisions Uh, so in this bonus episode we will dive into some highlights from labor and delivery and induction the first two episodes of season four and then next time we will deal with episodes three four and five so kendall Let's begin at the beginning. Uh, Why don't you share quickly how this collaboration came about? I, I seem to remember we had a conversation in Boston. Yes. (laughs)
1: So my memory is not always the best, but I'll try to. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, you know, this was after, um, you know, you and I had, um, you know, collaborated on the witch of Endor, um, uh, you know, it was just such a, an amazing experience. And, uh, you reached out and you were like, Hey man, like I have something pretty big, um, that I've been thinking about and yeah, would love to uh, come to Boston and talk about it. So so I was like, Oh, awesome, man. You know, I need time to hang out. So we, uh, we met in Boston, uh, at cafe Nero and, uh, we, we sat down, had our muffins or bagels. I, I can't remember quite what we were eating. And, uh, you just laid out this, um, this plan of uh, when it comes to when it came to like collaborating on season four, uh, which would be the Moses bringing the the children of Israel out of Egypt. And uh, whenever I heard it, I was I was so excited because it's such an epic story, uh, and to be able one to partner with you—you you know, you're an amazing storyteller—to uh, partner with you, to partner with Yahweh on telling this this beautiful uh, story of. Um, of healing of deliverance, man, it was just such an, such an honor. Um, so yeah, that's kind of how it began. Yeah. Feel I free was to, so, I was so excited <laughs> that you were, that
0: you were up for it, or at least up for thinking about it, that the catch yeah. was, it was, it was so much work, you know, it was a huge commitment for, yeah. for you, of course, for both of us. And, um, yeah. uh, but you were you were excited enough about it and uh, foolish enough uh, <laughs> to say, <laughs> uh, to say I'll, I'll think about it and mm. so yeah so we so that that was the beginning of this and that was in December of of twenty uh, one so that's been a while oh, wow uh, yeah a while back now this has been in the works and um, so I'm excited that 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 conversation uh, brought us here. And uh, and and that between that conversation and here, um, I of course was doing a lot of um, prep, including a couple weeks uh, research trip to Egypt, where uh, I get to uh, go diving uh, in the Red Sea and uh, stay mm. at a Bedouin camp in the Sinai wilderness. And my family and I got to hike up uh, Mount Sinai in the middle of the night. Um, summit at at sunrise and just had these beautiful experiences there in the actual um, places where the exodus happened. And Mm. uh, I knew that I wanted to be there, smell the smells and uh, see the flowers and hear the birds and uh, touch the sand uh, so that I could most effectively bring uh, bring us into that world and into those moments. So, um, that's been wonderful. And then to that trip that I got to take in Cairo to the national museum of Egyptian civilization, uh, saw an actual new kingdom chariot among (laughs) other things. That's exactly like the chariots that chased Moses and the Israelites, um, through to, and through the red sea anyway. So, uh, so all of that went into this season in addition to all of our work that we've been doing um, to, to create these episodes. And as we've um, worked, I think, and, and this was a, a, a conversation that I had with you early on, um, in terms of story, I think we're, we're tracing one big theme through mm-hmm. the entire um, tale of the Exodus, and that's the theme of identity. So you've Mm. got two uh, sort of subheadings to that. Number one, we're tracing the identity of Moses, right? Who is he really? And who really is his God? And then more than that, over and amongst all of that is the question of Yahweh's identity. Who is Mm. this Yahweh who's about to introduce himself in a spectacular way um, to Moses, to the Hebrews, to the Egyptians, and to the world? And uh, so that theme of identity is, is huge. And it's one that we're tracing throughout. Okay. So, so speaking of, before we jump into specifics with an episode, just for the uninitiated um, yeah. who aren't sitting in their uh, offices at home, composing scores to, you know, uh, intricate stories. yeah, How in the world do you do this? Like, do you have a, an orchestra in your closet? <laughs> like, how are you, did you go uh, buy a Duduk? Like what, what is happening just to, yeah. just give us a, like a 60 second crash course on what in the world is happening uh yeah. for the folks who who don't understand how this works
1: yeah yeah well I would love to have access to an orchestra that i could just pull out of my closet that would be amazing but uh no i i use um you know what they call a, a digital audio workstation so uh you know like a logic pro that's what I use personally, um, but there there are others. Uh, and then I use, um, there's different music libraries. What they do, they'll bring an orchestra uh, into a concert hall. They record the orchestra playing pretty much every single note of scale, uh, along with the even the little detailed sounds that take place between the notes so that it sounds more realistic. Uh, they record that, they assign that to... Uh, a note or a key on a MIDI keyboard, just a, a piano, but you connect it to your computer. And pretty much you have a whole orchestra uh, at your fingertips. Uh, so that goes from uh, you know, string instruments, brass, choirs, uh, they do that with, with each instrument family. Uh, And yeah, and so I sit down, it's pretty much like a, a, you can think of how um, Beethoven or Mozart uh, would sit down with, um, you know, like a manuscript paper um, and, uh, you know, they're writing in each note based off, and, and that then is assigned to an instrument. It's that way with the digi- digital audio workstations. You have tracks per instrument, but instead of writing it by hand, you play it out uh, through the keyboard, um, and then you just you go through the first violin, second violin, cello, and you, you know, just like a score, but it's it's audio. And uh, yeah,
0: okay. Yeah. So so y- so you're sort of playing puppeteer to, to exactly of recorded musicians. Yeah. Um, And you have also included some of your own live cello
1: yeah some some of Uh, my live cello and live voice yeah and you're singing singing as well yeah so um
0: so when you're when you're doing this like when you're when you're composing yeah uh, is it like flowing out of your fingertips like lightning and it's just like (laughs) first time through you just are are playing symphony on on your keyboard and and you're i mean just one pass and there's the first violins another pass and there's french horns yeah and you're just layering it instantaneously or you like plucking out you know like someone who hasn't taken a typing class like trying to hunt and peck like (laughs) what is it how how
1: smooth is is the process yeah, it totally depends. Um, you know, for one it's really exciting because I don't always know what's going to come out. Um, but it's a beautiful opportunity to partner with God, uh, you know, as we're, you know, cause I try my best, yeah, I definitely try my best to include him on or in the process. Um, you know, story about him so like like, (laughs) crazy for me not to but um you know yeah i'll start out with like a little meditation or or a little prayer and um sometimes i just listen uh so like with this particular story i'll listen to your narration um i'll follow the contour of your voice what's happening uh in the story uh you know what is the landscape that you may be, you know, describing uh, the emotional atmosphere. You know, think about the characters, uh, their personalities, their emotional state. Um, sounds like a lot, but I, I all of these are um, just points of reference for me. Uh, and then, you know, I, I sit down at the at the keyboard. If I'm working through let's say a theme for uh, a character so let's say Moses Um, what I did with him was I thought about one when he was first introduced as um, a baby Uh, we don't know much about him Uh, we don't know uh, for those that don't know the Bible story they they may not know wow he's actually Uh, will one day be considered uh, one of the greatest leaders uh, we've ever uh, known. Um, You know, we didn't know that uh, he would uh, 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 deliver uh, God's people out of bondage, out of slavery. But while doing something amazing and having such a great call uh, on his life, there would be... um, a lot of development and growth that would have to take place within himself. Um, And then uh, he would come up against um, a lot of challenges, um, uh, external and internal, you know, not feeling like he is the one to do this because, you know, he felt like he couldn't speak well. Um, um, And then externally, you know, you have, you know, a whole empire that's like trying to kill you, you know, it's like, this is crazy. And so you, I think, I mean, it's a lot to think about, but, um, when considering his theme, um, you know, I'm, I'm sitting down at the keyboard. This is one of the, 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 this is probably the process that takes the most amount of time is the themes for the characters. Right. Um, because I'm trying to create a theme that encompasses all of what I just said. Just not him being born, but where is he going? Like who is he, who who will he become? And trying to capture all of that in, uh, you know, 10 notes, I mean, it's like, whoa. Um, but you also want to choose, it, create a theme that um, can be presented in different ways. So. Uh, what I try to do with a lot of the character development is having a theme that uh, can be presented in a major key and then one that can be presented in a minor key. And that just helps, uh, um, you know, in the event that it's a more joyous and uh, celebratory space, okay, a major um, motif would go very well there or a theme would go well there. But if it's one that's minor, darker, and then you have this happy theme on top, uh, it's going kind of, Oh, that's, it's a little odd. <laughs> so, you know, it's good to have a mind. So you have to, you know, it takes time to work through the themes. Um, but once you get them, um, you know, they kind of present themselves. Uh, you know, you feel like you've, um, you know, that it'll be a friend that you travel with for some time. And it's it's uh, interesting to, uh, it's exciting uh, because you're also curious how that theme is going to grow and develop uh, throughout right. the story. So
0: right, so. okay. So so let's let's jump into scene one. So in scene one, we start the the whole story begins uh, mm-hmm. with Moses's birth, right? And as I'm telling the story, I'm able to do some fun sort of foreshadowing. Um, and, yeah. and with, with certain language sort of set the table for the, for this epic meal, uh, that's to come over the course of the season. And so a few of those sentences that, that I make use of are, um, every part of Jacobed contracts responding to the need of her struggling son. He cannot remain where he is. She must deliver him. Yeah. Um, and then uh in a, in a in another moment moses uh appears as uh i describe him as this crimson orb passing mm. through fluid lined walls darkness to light and of course there we're looking ahead to the crossing of the sea and then finally looking uh to the israelites struggling with faith enough to take the promised land to take the land of canaan uh, the yeah. way yahweh wants to give it to them um but just that sentence that i use just as moses is born an infant's cry the reflex response to the initial discomfort of a new home um and so we're we're sort of looking ahead it's beautiful uh, to yeah some some growing pains uh mm-hmm. as israel steps into uh, the land of canaan and wrestles with what it's actually going to require to to take that so yeah. as you then score this emergence of moses as as, as character as in the sense of he's the one that we're following through this story. Um, yeah. what is the theme that you chose for him? And, um, why, why did you choose it?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so the theme that I chose, uh, I can play just a little here. Yeah, please. Um, I didn't want, because it's Moses, he's being born. I didn't want the theme to, um, come off as too developed so I what I did is I kind of outlined um the theme in its first um uh appearance if that if that makes sense so his theme is uh in okay the complete theme is And it goes again. Uh, so that's that's his um, that's his theme, and you will hear it come back uh, throughout the whole season. But what you know, when I first introduced it, uh, I just outlined it, so it went. Um, Same notes, just skipping one or two every now and then. Uh, But again, when you think about the longer melody, it's still, those notes are still there. Then it goes off just a little bit here. Then it goes back again. So, um, yeah, in the beginning, I just gave a little bit of an outline. You get this sense yeah. of new birth. Uh, we don't know too much about him, right. uh, but let's just enjoy this moment of, yeah. of, uh, of a baby, um, a precious baby that's just been born. Uh, but then very soon after that outline theme, I, uh, introduce, uh, a, a little hint of, um, Uh, the minor version of the theme, um, which is. Um, And I, I felt that was important because, yes, this is a super exciting moment for the parents, also for Moses. He's a baby, doesn't really know what's going on, but um, I wanted to give just a little bit of a hint or a foreshadowing to it's not going to be uh, easy. There's right. going to be right. challenges. Uh, there's going to be a lot of pain and struggle. Uh, so I felt it was necessary to just give a little bit of a hint uh, that, yeah, this is going to be a story of, of, of his story is going to be one of great depth. Um so yeah, hopefully um yeah, we we will be able to all see together where where it goes. But yeah, I did I did want to present just both of those in that moment. There's of yeah. uh, just uh kind of um acknowledging the complexities of of yeah of the story to come. So <laughs>
0: yeah. well that's good. And two, yeah. uh I, I love that so much. And two, I love that there's uh i I think it honors the complexities not just of the moment into which he's born um, yeah and not just the complexities of the story that's to come but it really honors uh, that sort of layered theme honors the complexity that's present inside of moses um as a human being but as a deeply conflicted sort of human being he has this innate sense of right and wrong that's why he gets so angry when he does and he gets angry Mm -hmm. like moses has yeah right (laughs) but it's because of this deep rooted sense of justice um and and when and he thinks he should do the right thing and he thinks the people around him should do the right thing yeah and when they don't uh he gets angry and angry mm-hmm. enough to ironically do the wrong thing. Right, sometimes. right. Yeah, so yeah. He, he, like all of us in our own ways is this walking contradiction. Um, and I feel like uh, the, the, the dual aspect of that theme of his honors uh, that complexity absolutely uh, thank you i'm glad glad it yeah. came off that way <laughs> well, done. well done plus i just i like it so we need to like moses's theme that's uh, right so it checks that <laughs> box as well let's just listen to the emergence of uh that the initial appearance of of that theme of moses's from scene one okay, okay. breath an infant's cry that reflects response to the initial discomfort of a new home proof of life the midwife smiles amram sighs relieved jacobet weeps joyful tears and moses is born okay so now scene three in episode one we meet some of my favorite characters in the entire story of the exodus some of these lesser known uh but very real heroes shifra and Pua, uh the two hebrew midwives uh or mm. what seemed to be maybe the head hebrew midwives um shifra and puah by the way uh words names uh in hebrew that mean beautiful and little one shifra mm. beautiful Pua, little one um and and i actually nod to those meanings uh in the moment that they enter uh the palace when they're called for Mm. by pharaoh Uh, but here are these two women uh, they do not or cannot perhaps um, have children and so they're these they become these sort of surrogate uh, mothers uh, for Mm. the nation of israel and it is uh, as we've come to find out a full-time job uh, because these people uh, thanks to the divine hand uh, of yahweh are quite prolific in terms of, uh, their propagation, but they are the ones who, uh, who are, are the first to sort of stand up to, to Pharaoh. And then they become, mm-hmm. uh, the beginning of the resistance. And, uh, so I want to, uh, let you talk about the theme that you created for the two of them.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, this was, uh, this was fun. You know, they're very clever, um. Uh, very in regards to how they think they're very quick uh, and how they think um, there's a little bit of like a naughtiness cheekiness to, to them and I, I thought well what is a the theme? I don't want it to sound too serious even though you know the contributions that they made were huge and it's very serious um, yeah I wanted something a little lighter a little more I don't want to say fleeting, but uh, maybe even a little dance-like. Uh, so they, I gave them this theme of uh, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So this kind of like this fun little um, uh, cheeky theme, uh, you know, I felt like it, it just represented them very well. Um, and I also felt it would be one that, you know, this whole idea of the resistance, um, you know, we just don't see, it's not only presented in the beginning, but there's moments that it, it you're able to see it later on in the story. And I feel like it would be one that, uh, i could bring bring out uh you know reintroduce uh in those moments as well um which i i i i, I do um, i can't remember which which uh, episode uh but it's just a uh it's so subtle but it's just kind of like just a remembrance that where moses um was in that moment he would not have been there if it wasn't for contributions of of these midwives and so um that was a really um uh touching moment for me as i was uh as i was scoring but uh yeah that. so that's i love a... that, yeah, I love, that. <laughs> love that theme it it yeah. plays on strings uh at at times yeah. or does it ever does it ever appear yeah up, but up, but up. i think actually the first time it's presented is yeah it was the string and you know it's the uh yeah. the harp yeah
0: yeah kind of plucky. appropriately
1: <laughs> yeah no
0: i i i love that and yeah. i think it like you said it it's jaunty it's a mm-hmm. little like it's it's a it sounds like a dance yeah uh, but it doesn't undermine uh, i think the the real seriousness of of what they yeah. did but it honors the spirit in which they did it which mm-hmm. uh, you i think you get a great window into their personality when pharaoh's yeah. like what have you done and they're like hey hebrew yeah. women I mean, right. they're not like <laughs> they're not like egyptian women those egyptian women, right, right. You know? like, it's like right they right. just throw this underhanded like sort of backhanded <laughs> under the table mm. insult at Right the, the ruler of the known world, uh, right, while they're being called upon, called called on the carpet for their behavior and uh, right I right so much chutzpah
1: in mm. <laughs> and,
0: uh, and I get that from that theme. The secrecy of their subversion was only going to last so long. But the pair has had the whole ride over to think. Hebrew women, one of them says, as if it's an explanation. But before Pharaoh can demand elaboration, the other continues, they're not like Egyptian women. They are vigorous and give birth before the midwives arrive. How exactly the king of Egypt reacts to this will be lost to history. But Yahweh smiles at the midwives' cheekiness and rewards their life-saving acts of insubordination. After all, these women are the beginning of the resistance and Yahweh wants to thank them so now mm. shifting gears uh it's yeah. also in that same scene um mm. where they're called before Pharaoh uh, that we get the death of the firstborn theme oh yeah uh, right and um <clears throat> and this is a theme that appears as Pharaoh resolves to initiate genocide uh, right this is going to be his um his you know as he the, sort of first has this germ of an idea um to to kill the hebrew boys this is before his command to the midwives um yeah but but then will recur when late, later on in a further episode when the egyptian first born uh including pharaoh's own son are put to death during that yeah, uh, yeah. final plague in episode four so uh play us that give us a sense of of that and and tell us a- anything about why you made those decisions
1: yeah yeah all right so uh yeah, so the theme here uh the the theme uh was uh That was that was the theme. Uh, and it's presented the um the first time on the cello. Uh I, I wanted to man, it's just such a it's just one of those moments that's kind of like heart-wrenching because you know it's I, I wanted to create a theme that was beautiful yet somber, that was um precious and tender. Um yet concerning uh because of what would come uh you know whenever he gave that uh you know what 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 do we call it uh, edict yeah, yeah, you know it's it's yeah we know that there's gonna be a lot of death, but then we also know that these midwives are saving a lot of lives, and so it was um just trying to find that balance um yeah, it's, it's, it's funny. It's, I mean, it has a, you know, there's a little bit of hope. I don't know. Man. But it changes here. And then A little bit more hope there. You know, it, it's one of those themes that I think it, it what's going on underneath it mm. Kind of helps to guide the listener to like either where we're going or where or where we are. You know when this theme uh, is presented. I think it's in episode four. It's actually pre- so, and this is when um, you know that first uh, you know the the plague of like you said the firstborn takes place, and um, uh, it's it's instead of on the cello, I decided to um, reintroduce it on with the voice. And so it, it, it's brought forth as a lullaby. And, you know, when you think of uh, lullabies, um, you know, you're wanting to, you know, sing your child to sleep. And of course they wake up again, but this would be a lullaby um, uh, that would um, put the firstborns to sleep and uh, they wouldn't wake again. Um, and so uh, I decided to use the voice in that way, um. yeah, just kind of connecting it to, uh, to a lullaby. But
0: by the time they get home, the two midwives have their minds made up. They will ignore Pharaoh's murderous command, come what may. The ruler of Egypt is fearsome, but God would not want this. More screams, more joyful tears, more Hebrew babies, daughters and sons. Because of their role in the community of the next plague, likely hasn't had time to reach beyond the royal city, but within its walls, parents sleep fitfully, or not at all. They rise again and again to check on their children. Not yet, thank the gods. Not yet. Not yet. And then, midnight. Yahweh, or Yahweh's agent, moves through the nation of Egypt, entering houses and extinguishing life. Children and adults, horses and cows, male and female. Every firstborn creature suddenly slumps in their sleep. Hearts stop beating. Chests stop rising. Eyelids stop fluttering. It's as if Yahweh has been actively sustaining every life, and then simply, let's go. What, what did you do for uh, for Pharaoh's theme?
1: <laughs> I did. It's pretty much kind of you know, <laughs> unmissable. Exactly. It's just unmissable. you know just him. Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. I, I said like it's like one, two, three, four. It's four notes, right? Yeah, yeah. And it's like brusque. Yeah, terse, dismissive, yep. almost dismiss
1: all of it. Yeah. Like Pharaoh himself, right? This exactly. A, this is a exactly. man who
0: does not have to waste his time. Doesn't have yeah. to waste one more second on you. Than yeah. he absolutely wants. He- <laughs> to. Um, but is continually maddened because of the the time he has to waste and the yeah. energy he has to expend on this on this Moses. Uh, yeah. You know it it occurred to me um that it's so strange on one on one level that Pharaoh doesn't just have Moses and Aaron executed. Yeah. yeah. I mean good point, yeah. He could have just waved his hand and and done away with them. Mm-hmm. But I think the fact that he doesn't is a testament to the power he smells on them. As uh, companions or representatives of of this Yahweh, uh, God. yeah. And uh, I, I think one of the big things driving Pharaoh is fear. I think it, it's fear that makes him so angry. It's fear that makes him overreact. Uh, he is a man who has simmering fear uh, yeah. driving so much of his behavior. That and that's that's true for so many of the people around us who lash out and who yeah. injure it's mm-hmm. often fear that uh that's it that's that's taken control of them and and he's certainly that way but i love this theme uh being such a uh such an efficient vehicle to encapsulate just if not the person of pharaoh he's complex like like anybody <laughs> but at least Four notes is really all it takes to (laughs) communicate the posture of Pharaoh. Absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Why have you done this? Pharaoh is irate. He stares down Shifra, then Pua, rage, and is that fright glinting in his eyes? Why have you let the boys live? So he knows. So, yeah, so that's like theme <laughs> leitmotif recognition 101. If you, feel, <laughs> if you feel like frustrated as you listen to that you can't always pick out Moses's theme for instance, uh, yeah. you'll never miss Pharaoh's. You,
1: can you won't miss there. you won't <laughs> miss it. You won't miss it. Well, it's funny though. Actually there there are moments I am curious. There are moments um particularly in the um what is it the episode when, you know, Moses and the uh um, Pharaoh, and you know, they're throwing their staffs down and they turn into serp- serpents. You know, Moses' theme actually is constant throughout that whole episode, but it's taking the seat of an accompaniment as opposed to like this jarring in your face theme. So it's a uh, uh, what is it? Uh, Yes. So that's going on continuously it while there's it. all this other stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I love that it that
0: it that mm. you move it
1: Yeah. to the to the back. It takes the back seat. Yeah. Right?
0: Because that's yeah. exactly what's happening is Yahweh uh demonstrates his power with the uh with the staff the serpent transformation. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh. <laughs> this is why this yeah, is why man. I flew to Boston. <laughs> Egypt's frantic sorcerers begin chanting, praying, calling upon their vast pantheon of gods to manifest themselves in the display of mirrored power. Beautiful, okay, episode two. (laughs) Let's jump into scene four in this episode, which is the the big moment that we've sort of been building to with the story where Moses finally meets Yahweh at the burning bush okay I was very excited about writing this scene the writing this scene did pose some challenges one of which Mm. is that I mean on the one hand it's it's super interesting uh because we get so much of Yahweh speaking it's just so much uh of of (laughs) his his uh his thoughts and what he wants to communicate and um we often don't don't get him saying hardly this much and so it's really it feels really precious to be able to just sit and listen to him talk for a while though it also brought with it the challenge of breaking up this long meeting into actual scenes uh within the story and Mm. so that was uh that was a challenge that i was encountering writing the actual episode Uh, And one way that I felt like I was able to give some shape to this is to get inside Moses's head and exercise a little bit of empathy and try to see this moment, this conversation with Yahweh uh, from Moses's perspective. And so to imagine his thoughts, to imagine his objections, eventually he's going to voice his objections, but even before he does um, getting inside of Moses's head and sort of imagining for us out loud gave it was was a way to give shape uh, to the the scenes where um, so instead of one scene this it, this interaction at the bush actually becomes three or four uh, mm-hmm. full scenes. I was excited to write this episode, but I was not at all excited to narrate this episode because. Uh. Of that same reason it's yahweh speaking so much and anytime i am doing yahweh's sort of part of the dialogue it it feels like a <laughs> a burden like a weight <laughs> that i that i have to bear but i knew and this is not something that i've done in in prior seasons but i knew that this time and we had an early conversation about this kendall about the yeah. possibility of maybe giving a, some sort of effect to Yahweh's voice, to those moments of dialogue where Yahweh himself is speaking to sort of set it apart, in part because we were gonna get so much from him, and it, it was, it's a mm-hmm. story so much about who he is and um, so much about the, the, the miracle that him speaking directly to Moses uh, really is. And so yeah. uh, we talked about a couple of ideas, but then uh, Joel, who is our um, sound engineer, I had a conversation with him you know we we talked with him about wanting to do this it was like i was asking for two completely conflicting things i was like okay on the one hand i want this voice to sound other mm. and large and inhuman mm. and i want this voice to sound uh close and intimate yeah and not the typical like God 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 yeah, like right. speaking from from you know leagues away in some right. you know far off realm because the nature of for instance this burning bush moment is that Yahweh has drawn near mm-hmm. uh, and that he is speaking to Moses eventually uh speaking to Moses like a a friend so that's where we're headed so there's this inherent intimacy alongside the inherent power and magnitude of god Mm -hmm. himself and so coming up with the right effect was was hard and i think what we landed on was a little bit of reverb sort of a -hmm. a certain kind of reverb that gave sort of a a resonance uh, to that voice and then also a light (coughs) octaving of of the voice where you'll actually hear my voice down an octave below, um, mm-hmm. alongside, uh, my natural voice speaking to, to give some of that complexity and, and depth, um, and just straight up bass. Uh, yeah. it. it's very light. And I knew that it would be easy to overdo it. Um, but I'm happy with, with where we ended up and, um, yeah. and, and if you're not hearing that, I would encourage you, uh, listen with headphones hmm. or listen on like a great stereo like maybe a, if you've got a good one in your car but but headphones are probably your best bet i just actually you'll, you'll get a kick out of this kendall i heard from a listener recently who <coughs> is like a diehard listener hmm. die-hard yeah. uh generous patron and uh she said she just messaged me and she's like what in the world I just listened to the first time I I I just listened to Holy Ghost stories for the first time with headphones.
1: Oh,
0: first time. (laughs) And she said, I had been listening like from the speaker, the external speaker on my phone this whole time. And she said, it's different. (laughs) <laughs> you listen to headphones she's like now i understand so much of of why you're so excited yeah. about having kendall she's like she goes on and on i'm like oh my goodness yes if i would have known i would have told you before please
1: right use your uh, headphones right <laughs> please
0: use your headphones anyway uh so this is a psa to all you listeners out there if you're playing this yeah. on the external speaker of your speakerphone maybe um try it just try it once I think you'll be uh, with headphones okay so um so that brings us then to Yahweh's theme Mm. which begins um here in um this episode uh and I should say themes plural right rather than theme because uh you as a good Trinitarian actually have (laughs) Uh, established three separate themes for yahweh is
1: that right yes yes i had to you know (laughs) i'm so glad you did okay so
0: then we 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 were talking about these themes before and the first theme we sort of uh you and i started to call it the this inhabited space theme like uh not outer space but like a space yeah. inhabited by the presence of Yahweh. Tell us about that theme.
1: Yeah. Well, f- so for, <laughs> first thing I wanted to say, man, this was, it was hard. Because, uh, you know, you're, you're, you know, just like you, how you were sharing, um, you know, just the challenges of uh, this scene, uh, you know, uh, Moses' voice and with God's voice and like how um, it was very hard with creating a, a theme for god it's like god oh my you know it's like <laughs> how am i how am i um going to do this and it just seemed like um um i don't know it, it was it was very hard so I, I sat at my uh piano for um Several hours, <laughs> just, just you know, working out these themes. Ah, oh, this isn't wow. good, this isn't good enough. This isn't right it, because I was trying um, to. Um, I think what 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 where I was tripping up was was uh, or at was uh, trying to come up with one theme mm. and thinking there's like there's so many different parts of God, you know, it's, it's, um, it was, it was too much. He was, he's too big to fit into one theme. And so that's why I said, Oh, but it doesn't have to be just one thing. There can be multiple themes. Oh, why not three themes? Uh, and then there, I started thinking about the different stories, uh, in the Bible, uh, you know, where, God comes down and the environment changes around him, you know, the mountains quake, there's rushing of wind, there's all these different things. I was like, oh wow, no, that that should be one of the themes. It's not really a theme, but you know, something to uh set him apart from when he's talking to someone as opposed to moses or a pharaoh so that helped out a lot it's like okay i have yeah, yeah. what takes place around him in the environment when he's present and then there was uh, i had to come up with a, another theme and that would be
0: um, okay, wait, 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 before you before yeah, you go to that second one, yeah, yeah,
1: oh yes, what did you what
0: did you do for that first
1: one? Of course, yeah, thank you. Sorry, this is moving too quickly here. So was, yes. I, I came up I, with because uh, I
0: love this.
1: I, I oh love well, this thank off. you, thank yeah. you. Yeah, it was kind of like this. Um, uh, there's layers of um, pads that are going on, but all of them are in motion um some are pulsate.
0: you mean basically like oh, a
1: synthesized yeah synthesizer yeah. yeah. some sound very earthy others sound more like celestial if you will um others um more metallic you know Uh, you're like deep within the earth. Um, there's others that are more like, uh, sparkly, you know? So there's just all I was thinking of, man, what would it be like if I was, um, in the presence of God, uh, what would I feel? And I I can just think of some worship services that I've gone to that have been really just like powerful. And there's just this sense of like electricity around, you know, and there's this tingling type. So I was trying to create a sound. Yeah, that type of sound, um, but also something that's more pulsating, and so yeah, I, I ended up settle, settling on uh, this uh, bed of. <laughs> it's, again, it's not an instrument. There's just layered synthesizers on, you know, that are that have been layered and stacked upon themselves that then create this space. It's it's a kind of a tough one to. Kind of pinpoint because there's so many sounds right. within which is um, which
0: is appropriate right i mean that now we're sort of so. getting into a divine sort of complexity right exactly exactly yeah. difficult yeah. where yeah. <laughs> uh, the sum is the, the whole mm-hmm. is greater than the sum of its parts right. i love this effect in fact let me just play a, a clip uh, where you hear yeah. this when he looks back to check on his sheep something catches his eye there at the foot of the mountain fire interesting someone's camped out here friend or f- no no that that's no campfire it's too tall Moses squints again it's a sin a thorn bush that's burning okay so I, I I love that I love that it's it's actually got this metallic Mm. resonance going on i think of like you said like these ores deep Mm. inside the earth um, yeah solid monolithic um but also it's it's pulsing Mm -hmm. in a way that um definitely makes it feel alive Mm. right sort of breathing (laughs) in and out um inhaling and exhaling um which uh which i think is is just perfect uh, a perfect cue Mm. uh, that this is as we've said um an inhabited space
1: Mm. suddenly Mm. um Mm. okay so theme two then yeah theme two i wanted something that um kind of represented um like the mystery of God, like uh, majestic, omniscient. Um, see, I came up with this theme. It took me a while with this one, but uh, <laughs> but uh, it goes something like this. Let uh... me sure what key am I in. Oh yes, okay. So here we go. So it's, how it's first presented is actually very lower. So it's taking place in the score. Is, uh, it's presented first in the low strings, tremolos. Mm -hmm. And you can almost miss it uh, because it is so low, but there's just kind of like this motion going on in this following this theme. Um, you know, and again, it's just like, oh, there's such mystery around him. There's some majesticness, there's a almost like a even like a fear. It's like, oh my gosh, you know, what yeah, is no. you know? <laughs> this sounds like to me, like
0: the grown-up big boy version of Pharaoh's theme. It's like what Pharaoh Ooh would have wished his theme could have been because <laughs> <laughs> this is actual power whereas yeah this is
1: all
0: sort of this self-aggrandizing uh
1: um, exactly power yeah yeah and i think with this that's a really good point there and then i think with because again it's not like brass dude, or like this solid it's, there's tremolos there's like mm. you know so it presents almost like this um yeah, like a little bit of a fear. just like, oh my gosh, this is like Almighty God. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, what merges out of that is the theme a few registers higher, but the voice then begins to sing along with it with the tremolos as they're moving through the uh, through the um through that motif. So, yeah, it was it was uh, it that. took me a while to 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 kind of uh, come up with it uh, because i I knew that it would be one. Uh, that any moment where there was mystery presented in the in the script or you know in the story that this would have to be able to be carried over and so um yeah
0: okay can we can we listen to that one real quick yeah
1: yeah absolutely
0: does moses excitement falter at the mention of these nations but if those people live in this land already uh, how are the hebrews Say nothing of escaping from Egypt, the most powerful. Well, I suppose a god, if he's fearsome enough, can... The cry of the Israelites has reached me, and I have seen the way the Egyptians are oppressing them. So now, go. Moses freezes his veiled face, processing that last word. Okay, so theme three in the Trinity... (laughs) <laughs> things. uh this one appears for the first time in in scene six right scene where, six yeah we finally get uh his name so yeah. this is uh I, th- I think we we were calling this the i am theme The i am theme uh, yeah yeah that that appears on with with french horn right
1: some yeah piano, it comes in cello
0: choir yeah.
1: Yeah, it's, it's pretty, um, yeah, I wanted something that, that I guess represented God's, uh, omnipotence, you know, like being all powerful, uh, but also that had a sense, like this feel of like, no, we're in the midst of like the ancient of days, you know, like who was, you know, here from the beginning, you know, Alpha and the Omega. Um, and so, yeah, it's, it's, um, you know, it definitely calls for like French horns and choir, you know. Uh, but it's not like in your f- too much in your face. It's just, it is. You know, is like he says, "I am." It's just, yeah. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, it's just, it is. He's. Just, it is. He is. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Yeah. Okay, absolutely. so what is
1: that? What's the? Yes. Yeah, so there. that theme. Now, sorry, this key was a little funny for me. Let me see here. okay so it went um again it was presented on the the french horn uh so when uh goes again but there's a i think there's a moment uh when uh yahweh splits the red sea uh where that theme comes back um uh, but uh yeah again i wanted it to um yeah, just demonstrate god's uh how powerful he is um yeah, so uh, the, yeah. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Okay, so let's let's play that one yeah. real quick. We'll
0: play one uh, one occurrence of of that. Moses waits for a name. I am who I am. This is what you are to say to the Israelites. I am has sent me to you. Is that supposed to be an answer? A name identifies disambiguates by way of origin or parentage. Whose are you? Where did you come from? Uh, Moses is my name because I was drawn out of the water. A name describes one's lot in life like Gershom or, or offers prophetic direction. It's descriptive ruler of the seas or sun god. I am who I am. This is less a name and more a statement. Rather than differentiating himself relative to others, it's as if this God claims all reality. I am. Eh, yeah. It's so unconditional. As if he were existence itself. Utter autonomy. Inevitability. The one who, who is. Okay, scene seven. There at the bush. It's time for Yahweh to demonstrate his power to moses and mm. let moses know that moses is going to sort of carry with him out of this moment the ability to demonstrate yahweh's power to uh to the hebrews and eventually yeah. to pharaoh himself and so this is when he tells him to throw his staff on the ground uh yahweh does and then transforms it into a serpent i love the score in this scene uh, because it uh I, i've I feel inside of Moses's mind and spirit as I, Mm. as I listen to the story at that point, uh, thanks in large part to this, to this music that you've created with these, the staccato low strings, giving us motion, the deduke sort of slithering, um, indicating the presence of this, of this serpent. Um, What were you thinking as you as you scored that scene
1: yeah well it was a lot of fun to score you know i wanted to you know it was a little i'm sure it was very scary for moses right so i wanted to to present some you know some musical elements that um yeah kind of like uh displayed that fear uh so you know like you said you have that those lower uh and the lower strings this kind of staccato boom 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 boom. you know kind of a but it's lower and then you have these little high pizzicatos you know, him kind of running away by you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. trying yeah, to hide like behind It felt like it's steps something. for sure, yes. <laughs> exactly. Um, uh, so that, it was really, really fun. And then, um, you know, as you mentioned, the duduk, uh, it's so beautiful. That instrument just such a beautiful instrument, especially whenever... Um, you know, there's the ornaments, the embellishments that are done. You know, with the phrases, because you definitely get this little slithery uh, type of feel, and I feel like that was a great representation of the um, of the serpent. Uh, but yeah, I, I would say all of those things. You know, I, I had in mind. I said, what what instrument could um, you know kind of portray the 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 snake? What could be going on kind of at taking the backseat as the accompaniment uh, that kind of gave a sense of fear. You know, you have Moses running and trying to hide what instruments could, you know, and so, um, yeah, I came up with, um, you know, low string staccato, the Duke uh, pizzicato and the high strings. But through all of it. Ah, I just remember this through all of it. You still have the theme of the inhabited space like all of this is just, so, you have that that those layered paths that are still constant through what appears to be just craziness that's taking place <laughs> with, with this staff turning into a, a snake like what is happening here but all of that is taking place within the presence of god and then that that theme is still yeah. uh, constant throughout that that um that episode so yeah, yeah it, it yeah. was a fun and, yeah. one too uh, i thought it was yeah. so
0: important for us to capture some of moses's fear there yeah um, because and this is imp- this this is important i think as we read some of these stories especially the familiar ones we know how they end we know how every moment ends and yeah. we know that yahweh is is sort of previewing um mm a miracle that's going to be you know the super epic yay for the people of god uh victory in the throne room of pharaoh but we forget sometimes that moses knows none of that and there is no sort of here's what i know about yahweh he (laughs) likes to make a scene yeah he (laughs) he likes a dramatic flourish right Um, he is a fan of spectacle Uh, you start thinking about the ways that he could have done things and Mm. then look at the ways that he actually does them and you realize here is someone who values um uh, you know yeah values making a scene he does not preface this miracle with any warning any mm, explanation any right. reassurance none mm. of that he just says throw your staff on the ground
1: yeah <laughs> and then yeah. and then it
0: happens like <laughs> i i i think it's so important for us to just put ourselves in the place of moses not knowing what's coming next and yeah uh, i love how uh, we were able to maybe capture some of that together Absolutely. in that scene also uh speaking of uh storytelling and and writings uh, incredible stories Yahweh is so amazing at this I love the way he layers in (coughs) some of these truths and and calls back to certain moments um Tim Mackey the Bible Project sometimes uh refers to it as hyperlinks sort of within the text right to where it's like this if you click on this moment in with the burning bush It will take you to uh genesis chapter three where you have this garden moment right and there excuse me we have we have so many key aspects of the garden of eden there at the foot of mount sinai we have this tree uh we have uh and it's a sinna, a thorn bush uh Mm. so you have these and i nod to this in the in the in the script uh that you have these flaming thorns right mm. echoing the flaming sword in the garden at the end of that story you've got a snake in the garden but unlike the uh, the garden of eden uh story this this snake is under the the power of yahweh and even uh moses and so so yeah. we're we're looking back to eden but turning eden sort of on its head as well um, with, with some key changes, uh, not least mankind's relationship to the serpent. And that will, that will be a theme that comes up uh, more than once as the story of the Exodus continues. The head of the staff opens wide. Fangs materialize. Black, shining eyes push through like glistening eggs half laid. They blink. A snake? Moses runs moves quite quickly for a man of his age, any age in fact, but he doesn't get more than a few paces away before the voice calls him, reach out your hand and take it by the tail. Moses stops, heart pounding, turns, wary. his bare feet step again toward the bush, toward the tiny flaming swords, toward the writhing serpent that's appeared in this strange garden of Yahweh's. All right. Well, I just want to say before we close, thank you. Thank you, Kendall. Uh, you have been a joy to work with, truly. And you guys listening, uh, if you're like, man, Kendall seems like a really just good person who, with a beautiful heart. Uh, I wonder if he's like that all the time. I'm telling you right now, he is. Uh, he is with me. I don't know. You can ask Yolanda, his wife, uh, if, if there's two uh. small sons ever push him beyond uh his his limits but uh kendall it's a joy to work with you on this i i love how much you care about doing beautiful work uh Mm. for the father and um i just feel at home with someone who who cares uh about that the way i do and so i'm grateful to be able to work on this project with you
1: Oh, I really, really appreciate that. And you know that goes both ways. Uh, it's been such a pleasure <clears throat> working with you. I read the script, I get the narration, <clears throat> and I'm just blown away at how you're able to weave these words together and present this, this story, uh, these stories um, in like fresh ways that it almost it feels like, man, did I read this in the Bible? <laughs> it's so it's so fresh and you can taste and feel and you know it, it feels like you're there um so yes yeah, it's, it's it's a it's a real gift and uh so uh, i'm just honored to, so to be on this journey with you thank you Jason. likewise <laughs>
0: likewise brother oh before mm-hmm. we close we have a we have an announcement season four yes. episodes one through five of yeah. holy ghost stories season four the score is
1: going to be shared yeah. yes Ab- absolutely yeah the, the plan so? is yeah <laughs> yeah the plan is to release uh the first five uh episodes so just the score
0: itself isolated this will release on on spotify and yeah. we'll send links when it comes if you're not uh, subscribed by the way to the latest which is the email that i send out every couple of weeks um it's free and uh and this will be in there when uh when the score drops on spotify so make sure you're signed up at holyghoststories.org i'm thrilled at that and i can't wait for people to be able to uh just read the text of exodus playing The score from season four (laughs) and uh sort of bring them back into some of these moments so all right thanks so much for listening everybody and uh from both kendall and myself uh to those who've donated or are going to donate to the creation of season four uh, thank you this is the part i I, we didn't we didn't tell uh, in that cafe nero moment in boston but uh when i first asked kendall if he was up for doing this i had no money uh to to (laughs) to pay him i knew i was not going to ask him to do it without paying him but uh but that was all part of the just ridiculous idea of this was that um there would be listeners and supporters out there who believed in powerful kingdom storytelling and mm. um and wanted to sew into it with their um, financial support and my goodness have you ever so to all of you who've done that so far thank you thank you thank you you uh, uh opening yourself up to God working through you that way uh, through your generosity. That, that is why this has been possible for Kendall and I to, mm. to spend uh, so much time on. So thank you for that. And uh, if you want to give uh, and you haven't already, you can do that Holy slash give a tax deductible contribution to uh Hays fire studios. Uh, we, we would very much appreciate that and, and love the chance to uh, count you. As a partner uh, so we couldn't be more grateful for the chance to tell this incredible story in a new way thank you for that and, and uh, thank you for the chance to usher you uh, and so many others around the world into some enchanted moments with our freedom bringing god so we'll see you next time